Welcome. My name is Joe, and I am excited today to talk to you about the upcoming year. I love this time of year. I love the uh, very intentional ending of one year, the beginning of another. Last week, we talked about themes for the year. This week, I want to talk to you about setting goals. Do away with the resolutions, set some goals, and let's see what we can get done. Let's kick it off. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right, so last week we talked about a theme for the year. Hopefully you've been thinking about that, you've been working on that. What's your theme going to be for 2019? What needs to start? What needs to stop? What's going well? What could be going better? What are some necessary behaviors that you need to accomplish the things that you want to get? And you'll notice right there, that question automatically moves from theme to goals. Uh, If you're like me, you know, you grew up and people talk about resolutions There's always the cynical people who are like, oh, sure, set a resolution for January 1st because blah, blah, blah. And in truth, there's, I mean, I'm probably a little cynical about them. Most of them don't last very long. What do you do with them? And by what do you do with them, I mean, what do you do with them? I think the cynic protects themselves from not having to actually try much because they can just be like, well, you know, resolutions, blah, blah, blah. But if you want to change your life, we know that people who successfully engage in the change process do so intentionally. And so today I want to talk to you about what it means, to what it looks like to intentionally engage the change process for 2019. So let's talk about that intentionality. Hopefully you've spent some time thinking about your theme for 2019. What do you want your life to look like come December 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, January 1 of 2020? So a year from when 2019 is over, a year from now roughly, What do you want your life to look like? What do you want your life to look like in three years, four years, five years? Hopefully you've taken some time and you've written that down. If you haven't, I'd encourage you to do it. And I know there's going to be some people like, well, I thought about it. Do I really need to write it down? And the answer is yes. We know that people who write goals down tend to accomplish them more. Even if they never look at them again, just the act of writing them down does something to our brain that encourages us to accomplish our goals. So, so write down your theme, write down what you want to happen, write down your desired outcome. If you've listened to that episode, you already kind of have a jump up on this. In fact, you might benefit by listening to episode two or episode five. Uh, episode five, propel yourself into the change process. Episode two is called, I want to change, so how do I do it? That's kind of what we're talking about. How do we make 2019 different than 2018? Well, we start with a theme. We start with what we want it to look like, right? That's our desired outcome. Then we have to ask ourselves, what are the things that I want to do? But before we get there, we want to talk about goals. Like, what are the necessary behaviors? Before you get there, let's talk about goals. I want you to take out a sheet of paper. I want you to draw a line down the middle of it. On the left, I want you to write your goals. Now, that might be... uh, I want to save X amount of dollars. Now, here's some things that you have to think about with these goals. They need to be clearly measurable. So I want to save, I don't know, $1,200. That one's easy uh, as far as this process, right? So if I want to save $1,200, I need to save $100 a month 
etc. So you want to write down what do you want to do? If you want to get in shape, that's a bad goal. Because what does that mean? I want to work out more than I did last year. That's a bad goal because if you didn't work out at all in 2018, all you got to do is work out once in 2019 and you achieved your goal. Congratulations. I'm guessing that's not actually what you mean when you say I want to get in shape or I want to work out more than 2019. So what I want you to do is I want you to look at your year. I want you to look at your average week. How many times could you actually get into the gym? How many times could you actually get a workout in? And then you set that goal. So if you think I can get to, I can get a workout in once a week, your goal is 52, but we want to push ourselves a little bit. So I'd encourage you to up it, you know, maybe maybe 10%. So now it's 57. Uh, I'm going to get 57 workouts in, which, you know, truthfully is not a lot. But if you didn't do any last year, that's that's a lot more than you did last year. If you didn't save any money last year and you saved $600, which is 50 bucks a month, that's really not a lot. It's not going to get you through a whole lot of rainy days, but it's better than what you did last year. What do you want to do? So for me, uh, one year I wanted to get more cardio in. So I literally, I set the miles that I wanted to walk and the time. So there, I had a mile goal and a time goal. You can do that however you want, but I want you to write down your goals in the left column, and I want you to get it down to about 10. Warren Buffett famously told his pilot to pick five. I think that's great for Warren. And uh, what do they call him? The Oracle of Omaha and his pilot. You can certainly get it down to five. But what I find when I do this with people is they come in with like 30. It's too many. Pare it down to, to a minimum of 10 or 12. You, you can even have like, you know, sectors of your life. So like at work, maybe you want to... Uh, maybe you're in sales and you hate cold calls, so you want to get better at that. Okay, well, if you have to make 20 cold calls a week to make your company happy, maybe you set a goal to make 30 cold calls a week. If you're an author and you want to get a novel published, maybe your goal is to collect 75 rejection letters or a contract, right? Whichever happens first. In other words, you set very measurable goals. They're completely measurable. You can say, yes, I did it, or no, I did it. Kill ambiguity in it. Destroy ambiguity in the goal-setting process. As much as possible, destroy that ambiguity. So you want to have them be completely measurable. You want them to be in your control. Now, there are some goals you may set, one or two, that are not completely in your control, uh, but by and large, setting goals that, that are in someone else's control is just a recipe for frustration. So start out with, okay, these are the things I want to do. They're completely measurable. Are they in my control? So now if you want to save money for your family and your wife isn't on board, you want to pay off three of your five credit cards and your husband isn't on board, you have to ask yourself, can you control that? What do you contribute to it? If it's nothing, I want you to think about your circle square. You're going to have to move on. But if it's something, then how do you shape your goal to match what you control? Okay, so we start out we start out with a theme. Then we have goals. And while we're making our goals, they're completely measurable. They're in our control. And there's some reasoning behind them, right? If I didn't work out at all last year, it would be silly of me to think, well, I'm going to go bench press two times my weight by December. I don't know if that's physically possible. I don't know that I am going to be able to be an astronaut by the end of 2019, even if I set that as a goal. Now, there are things that are not in your control. 
But you'll notice, if you think about going back just a few minutes, when I talked about if you're an author, your goal is to collect 75 rejection letters or a contract. You don't actually control whether or not somebody offers you a contract, but you control how many people you submit or how many companies you submit your query letter, your, your manuscript to, right? So that side of the goal is completely under your control and it's minimizing the side that you don't control. It still gives you something that you can 100% accomplish, which would be in this case, the 75 rejection letters, which may or may not be beneficial to your psyche. But you know, a lot of, uh, Authors talk about that. James Patterson, who I think is currently the most published author, either alive or in the history. I don't know. The dude writes a lot of books. Um, His first attempt was rejected 31 times. And one company actually told him, we just don't think you have any talent. The 32nd one published it. So, so, you know, you want to set up goals that you control. They're completely measurable. You control them and they're completely measurable. If you're not hearing that, I, I, we're going to struggle to move forward because they have to be things that you control. They have to be realistic. You probably are not going to be an astronaut at the end of 2019. You probably are not going to be president uh, at the end of 2019 unless your name is Mike Pence or Donald Trump. I mean, I guess we could keep going further down, but but unless if something happens to, to President Trump, then the vice president gets it. If something happens to the vice president, then the speaker of the house gets it. And so that, that could be wrong. Mr. Kewen, my high school history teacher, if you're listening and I just got that wrong, I apologize. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to be president. That's not a realistic goal. So measurable, completely in my control, and there's logic behind them. We call them reasoned goals. Take some time and write those down. You know, I tend to write mine down over a couple weeks. I have a little notebook that I keep. I just write them in, write them in. I talk about things like personal health, personal wellness, personal development, company uh, wealth or development, company wealth. You know, how is our companies doing? Uh, I am an author. So how am I doing on what I'm writing? Is there something I want to write that doesn't fit what I normally write? How would I do that? Uh, Time with my kids. How many dates am I going to take my wife on? How many times am I going to try and get the kids and the wife and, and, and our family away Uh, how many trips are we going to take? I set all sorts of easily measured goals that are mostly in my control. Now, here's the thing. If you think about it, us going on a vacation isn't completely in my control. Our business could have a bad cash flow month. Uh, Things beyond my control could happen. Illness could come, sickness, et cetera, et cetera. So they're not always going to be completely in your control, but they are things that, you know, I control. So if I want to save money, I control that. I decide, am I going to go get a latte or am I going to, you know, set up a systematic uh, process of saving money? If I want to learn right now, I'm, I'm learning some uh, different things through an online educational program. And I have goals of how many classes I want to take. How many books do I want to read? Uh, how much time do I want to spend just having fun? I, I will have goals like that. And I write them all down. And then on the right column, I want you to write the emotional payoff to those. Why are you doing whatever it is you're doing? And here's the thing with this. These could actually be longer. Like you might have multiple reasons. So one of the things that I wrote down a number of years ago, I wanted to get in better shape and I wanted to eat better. 
And I, I had a list of emotional goals. One of them was I wanted to walk my children, my daughters, down the aisle for their weddings. Uh, at the time, my oldest was probably 14, not getting married anytime soon, but that's thinking to the future. I wanted to be able to stand up at my son's wedding. He was, I mean, maybe a toddler then, you know, two years old. Uh, I wanted to be able to play with my grandkids. They don't exist yet. So some of your emotional payoffs will be down the road. They'll be a gift that you're giving to your future self. Some of them will be things that you're giving to yourself right now. Well, what kind of started my whole wellness journey, as all the cool kids say nowadays, is my daughter wanted to do a zipline. And I needed to lose weight to be able to do the zipline with her. My wife is not a fan of heights. Uh, I'm not a fan of heights, but for some reason that doesn't bother me. So we went and did that. And I lost the weight and we went and we did the the zip line and I have pictures of us, you know, at the end and it was a good time. It was a a, a payoff to a goal. I, I know a person who lost a lot of weight. I mean, like what they weigh now, they weighed three times. And it all started because he was in a wedding and he was standing up and, you know, the pictures of the wedding, you can't hide if you're if you're in the groom's party or the bride's party. And he was like, I don't like that. I need to lose weight. I want to look better in pictures. Okay, that's a goal. Write it down. That's an emotional payoff. What's the emotional payoff to you for your goal? This is important because when we get to necessary behaviors, you're not going to want to do them all the time. Right? There are some people who work out because that's their drug. That's their anesthesia to the pain of life. But most people, even maybe even those people, I don't know, I've never really talked to anybody about that. I'm going to do some research. But most people, when they want to get healthy, they have to give up something else because our lives are all busy. And in part, that's because we think busy is meaningful and we confuse all that. And I've talked about that. But you're going to have to give something up, but you're not always going to want to. Right? If you want to write a book and you're employed, you're going to have to give something else up in order to write your book. You're going to have to, if you want to spend time with your family, you're giving up time to do something else. If you engage in wanting to eat healthy, I would encourage you, I'm not a nutritionist, I skipped this day of dietitian school, I would encourage you, you still get to eat snacks and, you know, ice cream and those things, but moderation, and there's going to be a day where you're like, oh man, I had kind of my snacks yesterday. I need to have some some willpower today, some stick-to-it power today, and I need to not eat those things, or I need to eat a salad today even if I don't want to. You need to know your emotional payoff to doing that. Why are you doing that? What is the payoff to you to do that? Why, what are you hoping to accomplish once you've accomplished your goal? Right. So if you're saving up money, why are you saving it up? There's a bank, uh, a national bank, that's actually kind of tapped into this psychological principle They want you to open a savings account because then they can get your money twice. They can charge you fees and they'll have your money to use to invest, which is how banks used to make money before they started to extort you with fees and not take cash. Uh, Hopefully some of you are laughing and at the same time, I've hopefully caused some of you to think. But, you know, they want you to open up a savings account. Why do they want you to open up a savings account? Well, they want you to open up a savings account so that you they have your money. How do they do that? They get you to open up the savings account by asking you, what are you saving for? And they've got pictures of people that look just like you and me, and they're saving up for a home, for a vacation, for a cruise. All of their employees' name tags have their you know name. Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm saving up. Uh, one of the tellers the other day, I was making a deposit. She's saving up for a trip to Thailand. 
and she's almost got all of her money. And, and what they're doing, without you realizing it, is they're asking you to consider the emotional payoff to your goal. What's the emotional payoff that you're shooting for in pursuing this goal and pursuing this moment? That's what they're asking you to do. And it's a, it's a solid psychological principle. If you want to affect change in your life, you should do that yourself. What is the emotional payoff to all these goals that I've just listed? And, and this is not a one and done list. You might go back to it. Why do you want to go to the gym? Why do you want to be healthy? Why do you want to save money? Why do you want to write a novel? Why do you want to get a new job? Why do you want to start school? Whatever it is, why do you want to do whatever it is that you want to do beyond just, well, I feel like it and I feel it'll be good for me. That's not actually a reason. It's the start of a reason, but it's not actually a whole reason. And then as you move from that, so now you should have two lists. You should have your, your these are my goals for 2019. These are the emotional payoffs to 2019, to, to the 2019 goals. Now you have to ask yourself, what are things that I can do? What are the necessary behaviors to accomplish the things? What are the things that I have to do? So maybe you said, you set a goal of, I want to go down one size in jeans. Okay, what do you have to do? You have to lose weight. Well, how do you lose weight? Pretty simply, you have to expand more, expend more calories than you bring in. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to have to eat healthier. Define that. What does that mean? So when I started, one of the things I was going to do is I was going to eat an apple every day and eat a pound of vegetables every day for 100 days. And I did it. I don't do it as much now, but I did then because it... It, it helped my brain get focused on what it was I was working on. It helped me reframe how I think about eating. And so how do I move forward? Well, I start out, okay, necessary behaviors. I've got to get less calories in than go out. Okay, well, how do I do that? Well, some salad and vegetables are more full. I did some research, etc. That's for you. You want to write a novel, one of the things you got to do is you got to write regularly. Not every day, but you got to write regularly three, four times, five times a week. How do you do that? Well, I'll have to get up a half hour early. I will pack my clothes the night before for the gym. I will set up an automatic savings account. I will enroll in the company's 401k. I will apply to five colleges. Whatever it is, what are the necessary behaviors that you have to do? I'm going to apply to, I'm going to, apply to six colleges this year. Okay, so that's one every two months. Or you could be like me and we'll just do one a month for six months. Get it done. Then what are the system changes? If you want to eat healthier, you probably shouldn't be hiding Oreos in your desk. But if you start drinking all your food, is that realistic? Are you going to do that the rest of your life? Right, I had a friend who sold me on uh, uh, a basically a liquid program, Isogenics. I was on it about two months and I knew I was never going to use it. Not, not the way they wanted me to. Because I'm not going to go the rest of my life on intermittent fasting. If you're here for that, that's fine, whatever. I'm not going to do it, and I'm not going to drink two of my meals every day for the rest of my life. Just not going to happen. No, I can still lose weight. I can still be healthy. And if somebody else wants to go do the isogenics program, that's fine. It just isn't for me. That's the, the necessary behaviors and the functional changes that you have to consider for yourself. Maybe you want to read 52 books this year. That's a book a week. Uh, I have a, a girl I went to high school with. We're still connected on Facebook, so we're very close. Uh, she has run every day, I think, for four years. 
Now, there are, there are criteria around it. And, and please don't write me and tell me how unhealthy that is. I, I brought this up one time at a public speaking event I was at. And people literally came up to me afterwards. You know, your friend isn't doing something safe. I don't know that because she runs a mile. I don't know how fast she runs. You know, people have been running for millennia. I'm not a sports science person. I'm not a physiologist or a kinesiologist or whatever they would call that. You know, health science expert. I'm going to assume that she is doing whatever works for her and she's not putting herself at danger and or her doctor would tell her. And even if she is, she's not going to listen to you or me. So it doesn't matter. We don't have that kind of relationship. Wow, I really went kind of down a rabbit hole there. But here's the thing. She has criteria. She has to run a mile. Doesn't have to be fast. She just has to run a mile. And then she's ran for the day. Some days she runs more. Some days she runs less. Some, some seasons she trains for a race. Some seasons she doesn't. Maybe that's what you want to do. You want to run in a race. It doesn't matter. What are the necessary behaviors? What are the system changes? And what are the things that you're like, okay, that right there probably isn't well-reasoned. I'm probably not going to achieve what I'm looking for. All right, so three steps to this. What do you want to do? What's the emotional payoff? And then what's your necessary behaviors and functional changes that you need in order to move forward? I hope that you are having a great end of 2018. I hope that you are setting yourself up for success in 2019. Let me know how it goes. If you have any questions, write in. Let me know that too. Would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts uh, as we look to 2019 on things you might be looking for. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. Give us a rating on the iTunes store. And if you have a question for a future show, feel free to send us an email at info at joemartino.com. You can also go to joemartino.com and click on the Contact Me page. Until next time, remember, change possible.